chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. We sang earlier, living for Jesus, a life that is true, striving to please Him in all that I do. And then the last verse of that song says, Living for Jesus through earth's little while, my dearest treasure, the light of His smile. In, in both those phrases, reference to pleasing God and the dearest treasure, the light of His smile. Because of what He's done for us, that we have a desire to bring delight to Him. But in 1 John chapter 3, the verse we looked at this morning, in verse 22, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments, and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And just as a matter of review, this isn't just you can ask whatever you want. The whole context is, as I am committing, committed to loving God, and, and I move toward that in obedience to Him, in dependence upon Him, as I am loving others because I love God, I can ask whatever I need to love them. And God will give it because I am doing that which is pleasing in His sight. What are the two things most pleasing in His sight? Loving God and loving others. And, and the confidence that we can have as our heart does not condemn us and we are loving others... God, I need Your grace. I can't do this on my own. God, I need Your help. Um, this person just rubs me the wrong way, and, and I am committed to loving them, and I need Your strength and grace and help, and I am counting on You giving me that so that I can truly love them in a manner that uh, typifies Your love. So John said, we come and we do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Now, we, we know as we read about Christ that, needless to say, He did those things that were pleasing in the Father's sight. When He was baptized um, out of obedience, the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. We read in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, Even Christ pleased not Himself, but He was willing to take the reproaches of us upon Himself. And He didn't live to please Himself, but He lived to please the Father. In John chapter 8 and verse 29, it says, Jesus said to them, He that hath sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. 
And we say, okay, yeah, that's Jesus. He's God. He did always those things that please Him. But we read in Hebrews chapter 11 of Enoch that he walked with God and God took him. He walked by faith because he did those things that pleased God. And John is urging us to do those things that please God. Now let me say from the start, we're not doing these things to please God in order to get our salvation. It's not of works of anything that we have done. And that means you can't do anything to get more of God's favor. But I really believe that many of us have an idea that I fail, I fail, I fail, and I can't please God. Or we have this idea that that God is a stern taskmaster, and there He stands up. Oh, you messed up there. Go back and try again. No, you. No, come on. That wasn't. You did pretty good up till two o'clock, and then look at that right there. Yeah, and that's our view of God. That is not God. God delights in His people, and the analogy. As a father pities his son, so the Lord pities those that fear him. He, he also made reference, he said, if a son comes to you and asks for bread, a proper father does not say, here's a stone, go chew on that. And he's illustrating this and he says, if you being evil, Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your Father in heaven? And, and I think we have this idea in our minds many times, and Satan wants it to get in our minds, that I can never measure up to what God wants and, and I can't please the Lord. You can please God as a believer. You can bring delight to the heart of God. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 and look at verse 10. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10. Paul's praying for the church at Colossae and he said, I pray that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Look over to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 20. So he's specifically addressing young people, children. He says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. We can bring delight. We can please the Lord. And as I was thinking about this, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, God designed 
the relationships of life to reflect, all of life to reflect His grace and His glory and His character. And He specifically designed uh, marriage to reflect it in, in um, so many ways, His love for us. And that's why it's so important that when you vote, that you do not vote for anyone that is undermining the institution of marriage as God designed it. God conveyed specific pictures in that. He also conveyed specific pictures in relationship to we as an earthly father in relation to our heavenly father. I've, I've said to each of our boys when they have had a child, I have said to them from my personal experience, God will do more to teach you about His heart through having a child if you're willing to learn. Because as being, let me just say, a parent, but in particular, making it technically accurate, a father... He gives us a heart that we ought to have that should reflect the heart of God the Father. And, and when we see um, our children fussing and fighting with each other, it gives us a reflection of how God's heart is when we are at odds with fellow brothers and sisters. When, when we see a child... Um, make wrong decisions, and it grieves our heart, it gives us a picture of how God's heart is broken. But I want us to think tonight on the opposite of that. That when, as a parent, you see your child and they can bring a smile to your face, they can bring delight to your heart. And every one of us, as children of God, can please God and bring delight to God's heart. Does He need us? No. God needs nothing. But in God's plan, He has designed us to have fellowship with Him, and He is invested in our life. And you can, I don't care what your past is, I don't care how miserably you failed as a child of God, you can bring delight to God's heart. And let me just list a few things, and these are, are basically um, general things. I don't want us to get a list that I need to do this and do this and do this to please God. The main focus is, you know what, to leave here tonight and saying. I am going to live to bring delight to the heart of God so that when God looks down, and I don't mean this, I don't mean this sacrilegiously at all, but when God looks down, He could bump the sun and say, look at that, that's our son, that's our daughter right there. Isn't that neat? God takes an interest in your life. And you can please God just, number one, by believing God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, Without faith, it is impossible 
to please God. Now, we think of faith as when we come to realize Christ as our personal Savior and we call upon Him to forgive our sins. But that is one step of faith. And that's the step of faith that gives us eternal life and spiritual life and new birth. But faith is, okay, this is what God said, and I'm going to obey it. And when God looks and He sees, look at there's someone that is taking my word for what it says, and they're obeying me. God delights in that. So much so that He wrote a chapter of those that, that walked by faith. And He said, here's a hero. By faith, Noah did this, and by faith, Abraham did this, and by faith, these people were willing to be sawn asunder, literally cut in two, because they were willing to obey me. We won't believe someone that we don't trust. And by faith, we are believing, we are saying, God, you are trustworthy, and God delights in seeing His creation made in His image trust Him. God, so making an application, God, I don't really want to invest in this person's life. There's things I don't even like about them. But God, because I'm a child of Yours, I'm a follower of Yours, and You have put them in my life, I am going to invest in their life. And You take a step of action to do that, that's faith. And God delights in that. It's like God says, look at they're being doers of the Word, not hearers only. Look at, look at, look at, right here. Look at the step of action. And God loves to pour His grace on that. As any parent, as any person, loves to be appreciated and their work valued, God delights in us giving thanks and praise to Him. See, you can please God by having a thankful spirit. God, thank you. It's endless. But how little do we thank Him? We'll complain and we'll murmur and... And we'll be down in the dumps and it brings a smile to God's face when we just come to Him and say, God, thank You today for allowing me to have eyes that see. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, that you may continually offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving to God. See, a, a parent's heart is thrilled when spontaneously a child says, Man, Mom, thanks for making this good food for me. A mother, that's like, Woo, man, that, you want to motivate, get more brownies and cookies, 
praise Him when you get it. Man, this is the best stuff I've ever had. See, we all respond to that, don't we? We're made in the image of God. I'm not saying this to manipulate God. I'm saying... How easy, you know, we think, oh, I could never please God. I can't get up and teach a class. I can't get up. Every one of us can, can give thanks. And God delights in that. It's, it's what we were made to do. It's what we're going to do in eternity. Number three. These are just real practical and general, but do what you have been taught. Every parent loves to see a kid do what they've been taught. It's like, wow, they are actually getting it. Smile to the face. God delights when He sees us implementing truths do you understand um, just coming to church doesn't bring a whole lot of delight to God. Yes, that's obedience. But when He sees us read the Word of God and then go implement it in our daily lives to hear the Word of God and we start implementing and it changes our lives, it's like, now we're talking. If, if you've ever mentored someone, if you've ever coached, there's times that you think, will they ever get it? Will they ever get it? And, and then when you see them get it, it's like, yes, they're getting it. And there's delight in that. God loves it when we do what we've been taught. I mean, he delights in that. You also, as a parent, love to see when your children develop and use what they have. When they can come of, of an age that they're responsible and they develop and they use what they have. You know what? God's put in every one of us. He's gifted every one of us spiritually. He has designed us with various personalities. He's designed us with various strengths. And He's put all kinds of experiences into us. And He says, I want to see you use these for My kingdom. I want to see you develop this gift and to use this gift. And when we start taking responsibility and we develop and we grow and, and we um, take the rulership of our domain, if you please, God loves that. Because you know what? Everything God made, He designed it to reproduce. He designed it to grow and flourish. Remember He said that the parable of the talents. One received five and one received two and one received one. The first two went out and developed what they had. They, they used it. They made more. 
And the other one just kept it, went and buried it. And when the master came back, he dug it up and said, look at, I really protected this thing. And he was rebuked. Why? Because he didn't develop it. He didn't invest it. He didn't do anything with it. God did not save us to just say, oh, wow, I have salvation. i got to carry this and, and tell the end I've got salvation. I've got... He wants us to work out our salvation. He wants us to allow God to develop us. And, and there bring, there's great joy in God's heart when He sees us get up and walk and fall. And then we get up and walk and fall and get up. Hey, look at They're learning to walk. What happens is parents, come here, come here, come here. You know, we deceive them. We're right here. All they have to take is one step. They take that step. Then we move back. Come on. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so good. You're so good. It brings delight when we see them develop. What are you developing spiritually? How are you more developed tonight than you were November 2nd last year? And, and see, we, we love to get down. I'm not as far as where I want to be. Are you developing? Are you ahead of where you were last year? Is your life influencing people? Number five, we please God just by imitating Him. You know, it's, it's amazing how family things are passed on, the way people work on stuff or make stuff or store stuff. Um, some of it is just they're taught that way, and some of it... Um, there's a desire. This is the way Dad did it, and this is the way I'm going to do it. Ephesians chapter 5 says, Be ye imitators of Christ Jesus. What would Jesus do if He was in this position? And when He sees us reflecting that, He loves it. Paul said, we're either going to be pleasers of God or pleasers of men. And he said, if I'm a pleaser of men, I am not a servant of God. And to come back and, and imitate, um, if Jesus was in this situation, what would he do? And then to share with others. Do you understand? Not because... We have to, but because we want to. Someone has said uh, sharing Christ is one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. But it's so much more than that. It's saying, look what I've found. This is the best thing around. Hey, you have got to see this. You, you, you can't believe it. And Jesus says, they really like us. Look at them. They're, they're, they're doing it not because, hey, go do this, and we're hanging this guilt over your head. They really love us. And it's Christianity should be the greatest example of word-of-mouth testimony. That's how God designed it. And when He sees us sharing the goodness of God, the glory of God... 
the character of God with others, it brings a smile to his face. He says, you know what? They get it. They understand that we, the Trinity, are the only thing that matters. And it is the only thing that matters. And then he delights in our dependence upon him. So much so that he will orchestrate things of life that will make us depend upon him. That's how much he delights in it. And when, when we fall on our face before him and say, God, I have got to have you, God says, they're, they're getting it now. He delights in our dependence upon him. Because why? He knows everything else will fail us. And, and it will greatly disappoint. And he says, now they're on the solid ground. Now we can do something. Now I can glorify my name through their life. Hebrews 11 says, without faith it is impossible to please Him. And those that come to Him must believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. As you live to please God, there are going to come thoughts, ah, this isn't worth it, and it doesn't pay off. And by faith, you have to say, you know what? I am just living... To please Him. There will be times when others won't be pleased. The bottom line is, God, it matters whether you're pleased or not. I read a number of years ago, an athlete said, I am playing for an audience of one. We ought to be living for an audience of one. And John said, if we're living for that audience of one and we're committed to loving others as we are committed to pleasing God, whatever we ask, because our desire is to please Him, He said He'll do it for us. So I hope tonight you will be prompted of God's Spirit. You know what? I can please God. God, as a child of yours, I am committed. I want whatever it is, whether you're at home taking care of babies and changing diapers, you can bring delight to God's face. Or whether you're in the, the workshop and up to your eyeballs in Greece, and you can bring delight to God. Or whether you're in the business world, God, I want today, I want to bring delight to you. I want to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. Because I love you. Because you are worthy. And it, it's not some big spectacular thing. It's, God, this is what you told me this morning in reading the Bible and 
I'm going to put it in practice today in my life. And as you're driving down the road, God, thank you that you've forgiven my sin. And God, thank you for... And just start giving thanks to God. Look for ways that you can begin doing what you've been taught and so on. But that's it. The Spirit of God will lead you and you can bring delight to God. You say, but you don't know me. God does. And He knows our heart. And as a child of God, He does not condemn us. And we can truly delight in God. So the question is, who are you living to please? Every one of us is living to please someone. Most of the time, it's ourselves. And as it said in the bulletin, no man is more cheated than a selfish man. You talk about, someone else said, a man that lives for himself makes a very small package. When we live to please self, do you understand what a losing proposition that is? If I'm here tonight and I'm living to please self, do you understand? Probably no one else is here living to please me or living to please you. So we automatically have all this battle that's going on. This is what I want. And you're coming to take that away. But when you live to please God. And living to please others, that's about as miserable and destined to failure as anything. Because others change and others disappoint and fail. It's easier to please God than it is others. So the question comes down, who tonight are you living to please? Who tomorrow are you going to live to please? Heavenly Father, I pray that we truly would understand the joy that there can be in bringing joy to your heart. Lord, I pray that those individuals here tonight that maybe have believed the lie that I'm just a loser, I'm saved, but I'm just going to make it in by the skin of my teeth. I can't please God. Lord, show them tonight that you've given everything that each of us needs to bring delight to your heart. And Lord, I pray that our spirits, that our words, that our actions, that our attitudes would truly be different. Because we're living to please you and not self. Lord, you have made this all possible. And our desire to please you is because you have done so much for us. And I just pray that our love for you would grow and flourish more and more until the perfect day. And I pray that our love for you would be manifested in our love for one another, growing and flourishing. So, Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do. We desire 
to bring delight to your heart. And we rejoice that that's possible through your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together.